Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And good day, everybody. Welcome on in episode 143 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden, your host, is here with you today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in in this live stream on YouTube, on Twitter. I really appreciate it. Please, I would appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button. Try to get those numbers up uh, before opening day comes on Thursday. Again, this Padres channel is for you guys, for Padres fans. I love having conversations with other Padres fans, whether it's diehard, whether it's casual fans that just want you know that daily update. Uh, I appreciate all the support. Appreciate all the support very much. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anyone listening on there, I appreciate you as well. At Talking Friars, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. This episode is sponsored by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs. Gaglionbros.com to view their entire menu located in Point Loma, Sports Arena, and Petco Park throughout the season. Starting April 14th, the home opener with probably Joe Musgrove on the mound against Matt Olson and the Atlanta Braves. Gaglion Bros, great cheesesteaks, great garlic fries. So make sure to hit up one of the locations or go to Petco Park starting open, uh, opening day at Petco April 14th. Ramon, what's up? How's it going? Nice to see you in the chat. Tupac13, let's go baby Padres, yep. We got a lot to discuss today. Uh, Shamanaya, 
obviously traded yesterday to the Padres, had my reaction episode uh, that I recorded or went live with uh, yesterday, like within 30 minutes uh, with the deal. It was the first Padre fan to go live about that. So hope you guys uh, enjoyed my thoughts on that. But more Shamanai thoughts, just kind of carry over a little bit today. Uh, Ken Rosenthal went on the Darren Smith show on Extra 1360 and discussed why that Hosmer trade did not happen and some some of the details and some of the players that weren't involved in the deal, uh, which should be noted. Uh, the trade deadline was just pushed back uh, to sometime in August. So there's that little tidbit. Uh, my content schedule that I'm planning to unveil happens later today on this episode. So I'll talk about what I will be doing for you guys this season in terms of this show, Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. So I'll let you know about that. Uh, we got, obviously, right now, Emilio Pagan's on the mound against the Texas Rangers in the bottom of the ninth. Padres are up by six. So that game's just finishing up. Um, so we got... We're going to wrap up a little bit on that game as well. Austin Adams pitch, Craig Stammen pitch, Nick Martinez made his last spring training start. So there's that. The first three starters were named in the Padres rotation uh, today as well. AJ Castle and MLB.com kind of got that out of Bob Melvin today. And then we will end with Mark Grant and Don Orsillo. They had a hilarious trip to Peoria. Uh, Don Orsillo was driving. Mud uh, was in the was uh, in the passenger seat, and it was hilarious. We got the sound for the podcast audience to listen to that I'll play, and the video and the sound for the YouTube audience uh, that we'll play later in the episode. So stay tuned for that. Again, everyone, welcome on in into this show tonight. Uh, again, Pagan's still on the mound. Padres are going to win this game, but no one cares about the score just about the results, and we'll get into that. But first, I wanted to start about Ken Rosenthal's thoughts that he had on the Darren Smith show today about why the trade between the Mets and the Padres did not happen earlier, or this past weekend, where Eric Hosmer, Emilio Pagan, and Chris Paddock were going to be headed to the Mets, and the Mets were going to send Dom Smith to the Padres. Uh, that deal obviously did not happen. There is a snag. Uh, it seemed like it was money. Uh, but Ken Rosenthal made some comments uh, today. He said, quote, the only thing we know is it was the Mets and not the Padres who backed out, end quote. So he's saying that the Mets, pretty much like we knew, the Mets were the ones that backed out on this Hosmer deal. The Padres would have done the deal. Uh, they were comfortable paying, it seems like, a little more than half Hosmer's salary. Uh, so they were comfortable doing that. They were comfortable parting with one of their closer options. They were comfortable parting with Chris Paddock, who is going to be a depth option. Obviously, this deal was before the Sean Manaya deal. Um, and so now with the Sean Manaya deal, it makes Chris Paddock probably a little more expendable. For me, it makes Ryan Weathers more expendable than Chris Paddock because Ryan Weathers is a lefty. Manaya is a lefty. They have Gore, a lefty, that can come up even if Manaya doesn't come back in free agency after this year or they can't get an extension done. So Weathers is the more expendable one for me. Uh, but getting back to this Mets-Padres deal, the Mets were the ones that backed out, according to Ken. And the reasons why the Mets backed out, quote, aren't entirely clear, end quote, to Ken Rosenthal. Whether that's the money, whether it was medicals or injury history for Paddock. Obviously, he's coming off that UCL injury. So 
The injury thing, I don't buy. I don't think that was any part of why this deal was held up because there were reports that were coming out from New York beat writers and Mets beat writers that they were really high on Chris Paddock and they thought that they could transform that changeup and make it a lot more effective than it has been you know, with Paddock pitching for the Padres. And so they thought that they could get something more out of Paddock. So if they thought they could get something more out of him, it obviously wasn't because they wouldn't have thought that if, you know, they were concerned about his medicals or thought he was hurt, you know, that wouldn't have happened. Um, so I don't think that it was medicals that were the issue. I think it was the Mets didn't want to one, two things kind of, they didn't want to pay as much money as they, as Preller wanted the pod or the Mets to pay in that Hosmer contract. And then two, they didn't, they were, they didn't want to trade for Hosmer and then him, and then they propose a deal to him and then him reject the trade because remember he has a 10 team, uh, no trade clause. So they didn't want him to, they didn't want to acquire him and then have him reject a trade. And then now he's on the team and you're paying all of that salary and he doesn't even fit the roster with, you know, Pete Alonso as the first baseman. So there was just a couple complicating things there that ended up making the trade not happen. Um, so that's what Ken said. He said that this trade didn't have Robert Hassel the third involved, which obviously is good uh, for, you know, Padre fans because Hassel, in my opinion, is a future five uh, tool player. Definitely when he gets, uh, you know, bigger and he gets stronger, that's definitely a uh, possibility for him to, be that five tool player. The Padres, by the way, just won 11 to five. And so I'm tweeting that out right now on the Twitter account real quick. So just give me one second here. Um, but getting back to the Mets Padres, uh, I guess, no deal that happened, you know, with the Hosmer deal, it isn't that surprising, obviously, like I just mentioned, because, of the money and because of some of the barriers because Hosmer, even if he's traded, he still had a no trade clause still with some teams. And so it's not like the Mets could have just flipped him and they could have easily gotten something else that would have fit their team more if they acquired Hosmer. So that was a barrier as well. Um, and then in terms of that Sean Manaya deal, Ken Rosenthal also commented on the Sean Manaya deal. And he said that, and I, this is expected as well. He said that the Sean Manaya contract, he's making almost $10 million this year, and he's only going to be with the Padres for this season. At least that's what he's under contract for. So that was a barrier. That's what Ken was saying. He was saying that the Ken, that the, excuse me, the Sean Manaya deal was a little bit of a barrier for other teams, or excuse me, a barrier for the A's in the return that they wanted. They probably wanted a higher return for Manaya, but they probably could have got a higher return if he was making, let's say 5 million instead of over 9 million, like he is. And with the Padres, obviously trading, not either of top 10 prospects that they ended up parting with Angelus and then Martinez, Adrian Martinez, they didn't have to give up a whole lot of value for Manaya because they're taking on all of that contract. And I think Preller probably told David Forrest, and Billy Bean, the president and GM of the A's, probably told him, hey, look, we're going to go over the luxury tax, at least at the moment, to get Manaya. 
you're not getting one of our top 10 prospects. That's just not going to happen in this deal. So you bet. I mean, this is what we're going to offer you. We're going to offer you someone that was in AAA for us this year and can pitch in the big leagues for you this year. And you'll have them for six years under contract, you know, minimum, minimum salary at the beginning. And we'll also give you someone that you're probably high on in this infielder in Angeles. Um, so I think that was probably the best deal that the A's got. And I think other teams probably didn't want to give up as much as the Padres did because there's those two guys are still two top 50 prospects for the Padres. And so I think other teams didn't want to give that up in a Mania deal uh, because they didn't want to pay him $10 million. And then maybe they, maybe he gets hurt or he pitches to a five ERA or something and they don't bring him back. And then, so they part with a bunch of stuff and the Mania deal didn't work out for them this one year. So, and, and then also maybe some, some uh, teams didn't want to, didn't think that Mania was worth 10 million. I don't know, but that's just some of the things, some of the comments that Ken Rosenthal was made that made today to, uh, to Darren Smith. And so that's just some of the things that I kind of inferred there. Again, I don't think the medicals were an issue of why that Hosmer deal didn't get done because the Mets were already high on him and they already viewed Paddock as someone that they could get a lot out of. Um, so that's pretty much what Ken Rosenthal said to the Darren Smith show today. I did want to touch on Manaya. He made his first spring training start yesterday. Again, he was supposed to start. I think I mentioned this on the reaction episode yesterday. At least it was on Twitter that he was supposed to start for the A's yesterday, but the Padres were playing the A's, and so he got traded. So he ended up actually pitching against his former team that same very day at the spring training complex of where he was just uh, driving to to go say goodbye to his teammates. So that was a very weird thing there that you don't usually see. Um, and so in terms of the Manaya again, three and two-thirds innings in his first start, only gave one run, six hits. He walked one guy. Struck out four. He threw more pitches in the bullpen. I think I saw somewhere that his uh, unofficial pitch count was like 90 pitches. So it seems like he's really built up. In his start before this, his last start with the A's, he actually got uh, up to five and two-thirds innings. So he's built up. And so he's going to start the second game of the season on Friday behind you, Darvish, you Darvish pitching on Thursday, Joe Musgrove pitching on Friday, or excuse me, Saturday, it seems like, and that'll line up for the, the April 14th Braves uh, home opener uh, at Peco Park. Um, so that's good for all parties involved in terms of that Musgrove, and then it's good for all parties involved in the whole Manaya situation and how he's built up, because this him starting on Friday, the second game of the season against Arizona, will keep him in line for the every fifth day rotation cycle. Um, so that's good news all around. Again, Darvish looked good this spring training as well. And I would guess Martinez and Snell take the four and five spots in some order. And Clevenger, obviously, when that Manaya deal came down, Clevenger went on the – he didn't. He has, he's not gone on the aisle yet officially. But it looks like he's going to start the season on the injured list. And with right knee soreness, by the way, for anyone that didn't know that, starting with right uh, knee soreness. And so who knows how long that'll take. He's not, it doesn't seem like at least what Bob Melvin said, he's not going to throw 
until his knee feels better. I think that's what I heard from Bob Melvin, or at least a report I saw today, uh, that he's not going to throw, at least on the mound, until his knee feels better. So he's probably going to have to have a whole nother ramp-up process. So Nick Martinez could find himself uh, having a big starting role in the rotation for maybe all of April uh, until Clevenger gets back. And that might probably wasn't in his mind when Manaya was dealt, if he didn't know about the Clevenger injury, uh, because with Clevenger healthy, the rotation probably would have been Darvish, Manaya, Musgrove, Clevenger, Snell, or Snell, Clevenger, however it was, and Martinez be like a long man maybe after Snell because Snell's a lefty and Martinez is a righty. They could do that combination, and then they trade Paddock or something like that. But now uh, with Clevenger out, things change there a little bit. So, I would again, the top three in the rotation right now, first three games of the, se- uh, the season, Darvish Thursday, Manaya Friday, Musgrove Saturday, and then I would think it would be Clevenger and Snell and some either those two maybe swap places, four and five spots. Paddock, if he's still on the roster, piggybacks in some way. Uh, to be honest, or excuse me, not Clevenger, what am I saying? Snell and Martinez for the four and five spots, not Clevenger. Sorry, I had Clevenger in my mind there, not Clevenger. Clevenger's obviously hurt. Snell and Martinez, excuse me, sorry. And then Paddock probably will piggyback Snell at some point. And Weathers, he's in AAA right now, uh, but and Martinez seems pretty built up, so it wouldn't. It doesn't look like he'll need a piggyback guy at all. Uh, but Tupac, thank you. Says love your content. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it. Again, later this episode, I will talk about the content I plan on doing every week on a weekly basis during the regular season, and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. Right, fingers crossed during the postseason. Um, just going through some comments here before we get into what I wanted to get into uh, after the Rosenthal comments and getting a little bit into Manaya like we just did. Get into uh, Monday's game, show some video from that, and then I'll get into my content plan for this content plans for this season. All right, let's see. Chuckles last laugh says I've got a solution to the Padres lineup issues when Tatis comes back. What is that? He says platoon Cronenworth in left and first with Myers and Hosmer. CJ in right field and Kim at second base. Uh, That doesn't really make sense. CJ's never played right field in his life, I don't think. Kim, uh, I think he's more comfortable at shortstop. Jake is not going to play left field. Bob Mellon's already said he's keeping him at second base and at least in the infield. Uh, If you're saying platoon first base with Myers and Hosmer, I don't see that happening because the the Padres just don't have outfield depth really. And so Myers is going to be their right fielder unless they Preller makes some big move before opening day, which could very well happen. Uh, But that doesn't really make that much sense there. I understand what you're saying there with the Myers and Hosmer platoon left, right, but they're not, Myers is not going to play first. They have Cronenworth that can play there. They have uh, Profar that can play there. Caratini can play there. Worst case scenario, Nola can play there as well. Uh, So they have a lot of guys before Myers. And so Myers is going to be the right fielder, it seems like. 
Uh, Quan says Morahone's a lefty too. He's not going to be ready though until midseason, so I don't. I'm not really counting him as an option. He was put on the 60-day IL, I think, uh, when I believe I think that was when the Padres added Voit is when that happened. Uh, Justin asks, "Do you think we make another trade?" I think we do. I think they're over the luxury tax right now. It doesn't matter if they're over the luxury tax on opening day, just making that clear. That does not matter. What, what they take into account and how much Peter Seidler's taxed is it, if they're over how much they're over the luxury tax uh, when the season's over. So he doesn't need to make a deal before opening day because, again, that luxury tax won't matter. Uh, what the number is on opening day, it matters what it is at the end of the season, so pretty much after the trade deadline what it's at. Uh, so he has a long time to make a deal to get under it, but I, I think that they would be under it by the end of the season. That would be my guess. And I think, to be honest, in terms of planning, I think Preller wants to be under it by opening day, but an executive said, I think to Dennis Lynn, that they're not going to force anything in terms of a deal in the next, you know, less than 72 hours. Uh, so who knows, but my gut instinct is they do make another trade, but because I think just for the planning, I think in terms of how they can attack the rest of the season transaction-wise, I think Preller would like to be under the luxury tax, but that's just one man's opinion. Uh, Chuckles Last Laugh says, in my opinion, they don't need to. If they can get Brian Reynolds without trading Hassel, CJ, or Gore, do it. Don't trade for scrubs. Well, that's not happening. I'll tell you that right now. Uh the Pirates are already, there have already been reports that they want CJ Abrams, they want Robert Hassel the third, or they want Mackenzie Gore. They want a top, they need a top prospect for Brian Reynolds. You don't trade away a six war player who's, who's only making like $5 million this year uh, and get back what the A's got for Sean Manaya. You know, Brian Reynolds still has multiple years of control. He's not making double the contra, the salary like Manaya is making. They're going to get back at least one of the Padres' top five prospects, I'd say, in this deal, maybe multiple if that deal happens. And so that's why I don't think that deal is going to happen because I think the Padres are really high on Hassel. They're really high on CJ. Uh, Jim Callis said yesterday that the Padres are really high on James Wood as well. So that lowers the possibility of a trade happening with the Pirates even more. Uh, Oceanside Boy 760 says, Eric Hosmer is a B. And the players need to understand that we went, we want him gone. So much hate. Um, well, the players don't think that because the players, if you've seen the players' quotes, the players' quotes, Cronenworth, Stammen, uh, a lot of guys, Tatis, they've said that Hosmer's like a great teammate, greatest teammate they've ever had. That's what Jake said. Uh, a couple of days ago when that whole Hosmer trade speculation was floating around. So the clubhouse loves him and I don't doubt that he's not a great teammate. I'm, I, I want to continue to reiterate that whenever I talk about Hosmer, uh, people just want him traded. I think I just want him traded because he's just not living up to his contract. He's, they just have better options to, you know, use that money, save some money and spend it on better options that will help make the team more complete than keeping uh, a one war player, according to baseball reference last year, and a guy that was ranked 24th, I think, according to fan graphs in terms of war among first basemen last year. You don't pay that guy, you don't pay a guy 24th in war among first basemen $20 million a year. 
So I think that's why the Padres and fans want him gone. It's not because he's not a great teammate. That's not why. It's because he's just not producing. He's not helping the team win as much as the Padres envisioned he would. Anthony Ritter asks, what about Padres trying to trade for Meadows? I think the Rays, they're a contender. I think they definitely want Meadows to be on their team. And I think it's kind of like a Brian Reynolds situation. Brian Reynolds will probably command more, but the Rays will probably still want a top prospect from the Padres in a deal like this because they're still trying, they're trying to contend in the AL East as well. And Meadows can help them win in the AL East. So they don't just want to give up Meadows for nothing. So I think it's a little similar to the Brian Reynolds deal. Uh, but I don't think if a trade does happen, I don't think the return would be, uh, you know, as huge as it would be for a Brian Reynolds deal. Oceanside Boys 760 asks, if no trades happen, what will the Padres do with Paddock, Gore, and Martinez? I think right now, because Clevenger's hurt, Nick Martinez will start either the fourth or the fifth game of the season. Uh, Paddock, if he's not traded, will piggyback Snell. And then Gore, my gut reaction still is Gore makes, or excuse me, starts the season in AAA because they want him to continue getting starts. And I think I don't think he would start games at the big league level to start the season off. Um, so that's my personal opinion. I don't think it would be good for him to be a long man when the Padres envision him long-term to be a starting pitcher. Uh, so I think that's how they would do it. I think that's the smartest way to do it. Uh, Boogie says, don't trade Gore, Hassel, Abrams, or Snell. I think that's what he means. He says snail, but I think he means snail. I, I don't think that either any of those guys are being traded. So you're okay. Tupac, yep, that's right. Please slap, yeah, smash the like button. I appreciate it. Uh, hit the subscribe button, turn the notification bell, hit that notification bell so you don't miss any content I put out during the season leading up to opening day during the season. Again, we're going to have year-round, season-round Padres content coming out. I will have a video up on YouTube every day of the season, at least one video every day, live streams, clips of past videos, uh, instant reaction videos, uh, videos inside Petco Park when I get back uh, during the summer. So a lot of good content coming, and I'll get to that as well uh, in a little bit about um, the content I'll have. What's the rumor of Hosmer to the Cubs? Well, Justin, it doesn't seem like there's much rumors out there right now, and maybe that's a good thing, you know, because because the Sean Manaya deal came out of nowhere. The Luke Voigt deal came out of nowhere. Uh, just this, the Matt Beatty deal came out of nowhere. So these moves that AJ's made this offseason, the moves that he's actually made, have come out of nowhere. So I haven't heard too much about Hosmer to the Cubs lately. It was pretty much the Mets. Uh, I'm sure that there's been talk about it. I'm sure a third of the league has probably talked to Preller about Hosmer because somehow teams are interested in him. I think they're more interested in just getting back someone that they think can help them, a young pitcher or a young prospect. I think that's what teams are more interested in. But in terms of Hosmer to the Cubs, I think if it happens, I think it'll just the news that it happens will be the news. I don't think there'll be that many rumors of it happening. And if there are rumors of it happening, I'm not so sure that the deal will get done. Like, I feel like the rumors weren't from the Padres. I think it was from the Mets, sort of like a Scherzer situation where uh, someone from the Nats probably last year, I think, you know, 
I still think that's who it was. They leaked uh, the news to Ken Rosenthal that they were a deal with Scherzer was close with the Padres so that they could get the Dodgers offer up. This could be the same case where the Mets leaked this. Uh, they knew that they weren't going to do this deal, and maybe they wanted to see if another team would bite and get their offer up. Who knows? And Quan, yeah, I just reiterated. I said that earlier. Yep, you're echoing my thoughts. Yep, Hosmer probably is a good teammate. I think he is. Just can't perform up to his contract on the field. That's pretty much what's happening. Boogeyman says, don't trade Victor Acosta either. Yeah, I'm pretty high on him too. Um now, does he have a role on this team, you know, in the middle infield because he's a shortstop? I'm not so sure. Uh, I think, you know, Jackson Merrill is another candidate as well. That's a middle infielder. So they, Preller's big, you know, drafting guys that are up the middle because he believes that those guys are the most versatile guys. They can play short. They can play second. They can eventually move to the outfield if they need to because they're athletic because they did play second or short. Um, so he likes the up the middle guys. Usually people on the – Usually corner outfielders or first and third basemen, they usually stay on the corners and they're just not as athletic. And so I think Preller likes going up with up the middle guys. So not all of these guys are going to be able to start for the Padres. So at some point, you know, look, at some point, someone's going to get dealt, right? We saw Angelus get dealt in the Manaya deal. So someone's going to have to get dealt if the Padres want something at some point. Quan here, before we get to my content uh, schedule for this year, he says, did you see the uh, Chris Rose rotation? The April Fool, Trevor Plouffe, good with the fake Yelich trade to the Padres. They even had Jeff Passan on it with a fake tweet. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, Trevor Plouffe, former big leaguer for the Twins, and he played for the Rays, I believe, as well. Uh, Chris Rose, former MLB Network uh, personality. Uh, he uh, pranked Trevor Plouffe, and it was a deal where the Padres traded for Christian Yelich. And they traded away, I think, like Paddock, uh, Abrams, I think. It was either – it might have been Hassel. It was either Hassel or Abrams. Uh, it was a big – Mackenzie Gore, I think, was in it. It was a big deal that there was no way that this would ever happen for either side, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't have believed it. I definitely wouldn't have fell for it. But the, the fake pass and tweet definitely, I think, helped that. Um, but – Let's get to my content schedule for this year. Uh, it's a little bit going to change a little bit. Um, I probably look, I'll start with this. Let's just start with what's going to stay the same. Okay. I did some pregame thoughts before games last year. That's going to stay the same, but it's probably going to be expanded more. And I'm planning on doing a pregame show live if it's not live because I have something going on, it'll go up on YouTube before the game or up on Twitter, whatever. You'll see it. Um, I'll post it definitely to all the social medias. Don't worry. Um, I will have a pregame show before every game or at least a minute video uh, at the very least pregame thoughts like I did last year, but I'll do it before every single game. I didn't do it every game last year, but I plan on doing it before every single game. Whether that's in the morning, if I have something to do in the afternoon or at night, I will do it every day. I will have a bullpen usage chart prior to every game out, just like I did last season. And that bullpen usage chart, for anyone that is new, I list every single reliever that is on the current roster, on the major league roster. And 
over the last five days, the last five games, last five days, I list how many pitches each reliever threw so we can kind of see which pitchers are available going into every game. And I know that some fans guess, like, why isn't, for example, why isn't Pagan thrown up in the bullpen? Why isn't Austin Adams up in the bullpen? Well, maybe if you go back and look at a, a bullpen usage chart, then you'll see, okay, Ben put down that last night Pagan threw 30 pitches or 25 pitches, or he threw back-to-back nights, and so he's not available for tonight's game. Stuff like that. Uh, I think that's very helpful for the, for the audience. I hope that you guys enjoy that as well. So things that will pretty much stay the same in terms of just it will go out every day. Pre-game video, pre-game show. I hope that it's a more of an ex- expanded pre-game show most nights, most before most games. And during the summer, hopefully I'll have some pre-game shows at Petco Park. Um, so hopefully you'll enjoy that. And then uh, bullpen usage charts prior to every game as well. I will have episodes go out a few times per week. Uh, I hope to get having at least one interview per week. And if not, uh, hopefully can make it up with a couple interviews the next week. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I plan on doing that a few episodes a week, like last year as well. Uh, talking about every series, whenever something a uh, big trade or if a big signing comes up or a big injury, I'll definitely have a reaction episode up to that. So the episode numbers each week can vary, but I'm trying. I'm going to try to do at least three episodes a week and daily pregame shows, daily bullpen usage charts. And let me know in the comments or on social media at Talking Friars, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, let me know if there's any other content ideas that you think of that you want me to do, and I'll definitely think of them. So that's pretty much um, my schedule, my plan for this year in terms of content. I will have. I probably have uh, casual. Uh, Every once in a while, game watch parties that I'll stream on YouTube where I'll just sit there and you can kind of have a conversation in the chat or I'll put the StreamYard link up and uh, you guys can join me and we can have a conversation while watching the game. Uh, If you guys are interested in that, uh, every once in a while, not every every game or whatever like that, but every once in a while, I think that would be a little fun to do. Um, So again, if you have any more ideas, let me know and I'll definitely think about doing them. Um, and so I really appreciate the sport. Again, that's my content uh, schedule so far that I'm planning for this year. And now let's get to Monday's spring training game. Nick Martinez made his last start of spring training. The Padres won this game 11-5. to Nick Martinez went five innings, gave up three earned runs, allowed five hits. What I like is he didn't walk anyone, struck out seven guys. He did give up two home runs. One of them was DeMarcus Semien on a a hanger over the middle of the plate. But what I do like is he did not walk anyone. So I'm definitely encouraged by that. Uh, I, again, like I mentioned earlier with Clevenger out, I would expect him to get one at the fourth or the fifth spot, at least to start the season. Um, so he could be pitching that Sunday game against Arizona or be pitching against the giants in that uh, series opener in San Francisco on the Monday, uh, that Monday game. So we'll see. Uh, but that was Martinez's line. C.J. Abrams went 0 for 3. Uh, he did score a run. He did steal a bag. He did walk. He's hitting 324 this spring. I think he's earned himself a spot in the roster, and I don't think there's really any choice for the Padres. I've mentioned this before on previous episodes. I don't think there's a choice. They just sent down Eggy Rosario last week, and he was the only other backup option because right now, Cronenworth starting, he's not a backup infield option. Uh, Kim starting, he's not a backup infield option. 
You got uh, Profar playing left field. He's not a backup infield option right now because he's starting. Beatty doesn't play middle infield. Uh, so Abrams seems like, you know, Tatis is hurt, obviously. Manny's at third. Abrams is the only bench infield option, middle infield option right now. And they don't have a backup center fielder, so Abrams might be able to shag some fly balls out there during the season, you know, during batting practice and whatnot. Um, so he has not gotten to any games in, in center field, but in terms of backup infield, it seems like Abrams is the only choice right now unless AJ makes a move, and that's obviously a possibility. Uh, but I wouldn't think that would happen in terms of middle infielders. I think I think they like CJ. So he's hitting 324 right now. Hassan Kim is was quietly before today. He was actually having a better spring than CJ. Uh, he tripled the right center field today, and he also hit a home run today, which I will show you right now for the YouTube audience. Here is Hassan Kim's home run that he hit earlier today. Valley Sports, uh, I think this is Texas's broadcast on the call. A three-run home run for Hassan Kim earlier today in the third inning. Roped to the opposite field. Here it is. In the air, center field. Garcia back, and that one is gone. Kim with a home run. He has a triple today, and now that three-run homer. The Padres have kind of opened it up now. It's 7-1. to one. Talked about him a little bit earlier 30 home runs two years ago in korea just eight last year at the big league level nice yeah so the adult there the adult kind of stole the kid's ball um looked like the kid was gonna catch that ball a little bit there but asan kim that was an absolute bomb to the deepest part of the ballpark and he's hitting pretty well again this spring cj abrams hitting 324 Kim is hitting 345, so he actually has a better batting average than Abrams. And Chuckles' last laugh says here, Kim has earned a starting job, shortstop now, second base when Tatis comes back. I don't know. I guess it depends if they traded Hosmer, if he'll be at second base when Tatis comes back, because I think they want Jake in the lineup. Uh, but it's definitely a possibility. I think Kim is the starting shortstop on opening day. Uh because Madison Bumgarner is a lefty and Kim is a righty. So if Abrams is on the roster and they just plan to platoon Kim and Abrams, it would be Kim getting the start because he's a righty facing a lefty. So I think he is the starting shortstop on opening day, but I'm not so sure. I mean, I think they'll just go with the hot guy whenever Tatis comes back. So it's going to be a while until Tatis comes back. So whoever's playing better, I think when Tatis comes back, will get that. Uh, but C.J. Abrams, again, he stole a base today. Uh, C.J., one commenter says, C.J. needs to become an outfielder. The team needs it. He can do it. He will make a better outfield defender than Myers by the end of the year. And that might be true. He's probably he's definitely faster than Will, um, but he's never played the position before. So I think he odds are he eventually becomes an outfielder at some point, but they're going to ease him into that. And I'm not so sure that they're going to do that immediately when he's at the big league level. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but as for the rest of the game, Stammen came in, one inning, no runs, one hit, no walks, no strikeouts. Pierce Johnson came in, gave up one run, did strike out three, but he gave up one home run in an inning and a third of work. Austin Adams came in, 0 0.2 innings of work, gave up one run, walked one, 
two hits, but did strike out one. And then Pagan came in and ended the game. Uh, I came on as Pagan was ending. So let me look up his box score real quick to see what he finished with. Okay, so he went one inning, didn't give up a run, walked one, struck out two, no home runs, gave up one hit. His ERA is 8-4-4 this spring. Adams is 7-7-1. Stammons is 5-40, and Johnson's 270. But again, those don't matter. It's spring training. They're probably working on things. Arizona uh, is definitely outside Arizona in March. is definitely different from Arizona in a dome at Chase Field. Uh, so that's definitely a difference. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, but obviously the Padres were floating Emilio Pagan in trade talk. So we'll see if a team bites on that. Uh, if it's a similar framework to that Hosmer deal uh, and Preller adds in more money or something like that, we'll see. Uh, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on if Pagan is on the team come opening day or if he's on the, if he's on the team after the trade deadline, which is a good segue here. The, set, the trade deadline this year is August 2nd at 3 p.m. Pacific time. It usually is at the end of July, but because of the delayed season, they delayed the trade deadline, so it's now August 2nd. Grisham, I did want to note Grisham today was pulled after two at-bats, started in center field, but he was pulled. I, don't, I didn't see uh, any story or any reporting on why Grisham was pulled. Uh but I'll try to see if I can find anything right now. I, I don't see why Grisham was pulled, but I mean, usually this late in spring, you don't travel with the team. If you only, if you're only going to have two at bats, right? That's my thoughts. So maybe they're just being careful and maybe there is no injury or maybe something just tugged at him. Uh, but I think it was it's I think it's something to at least note that you know Grisham travels on the road takes the bus starts in center usually you know there's only one more spring training game left so usually this is the time where guys are playing the majority of the game so that they can you know get used to playing the full game again you know out there and he didn't do that he again two at bats got pulled in the middle of the game so I'm not so I'm not quite sure if that was the plan or if something happened or if they're just trying to be precautious. Who knows? Uh, trying to look at Twitter here. I don't see anything about Grisham and why he was pulled. So I guess that's something to keep an eye on. Maybe the media will ask him later today or later uh, later tomorrow tomorrow morning you know when bob melvin usually meets with the media so that's definitely something to keep an eye on but we'll see i thought that was definitely uh, something that needed to be noted because trent right now they don't have a backup center fielder so trent needs to stay healthy there's there's no option he needs to stay healthy they cannot afford him to not stay healthy right because cj abrams has never played center field before Myers is not great in center field. Profar was not great in center field last year from the games that he played there, right? Matt Beatty is a corner outfield player, plays some first base. He's not a center fielder. So they don't have another true backup center fielder. So if this Grisham thing was actually something, that that's definitely going to be concerning for me.
Jose Azucar might have to come up if that's the case. And he hit a home run, by the way. Uh, him and Caratini hit home runs in the ninth inning uh, to finish off that 11-run uh, inning or 11-run game by the Padres. All right, I'm looking at the Kevin AC article right now. Just trying to see. Okay, so it does have something on Grisham. It says Grisham went 0 for 2 to reach 37 plate appearances for the spring. He will certainly fin almost certainly finish with the most of any Padres player, which is uncommon for a regular. Grisham, expected to be the team's leadoff hitter to start the season, was working through some alterations to his mechanics and approach at times this spring. The 11 runs were the most the Padres scored in a game this season, this spring. Uh, so it doesn't say anything about an injury. So he does have the most plate appearances by any Padre this spring. Uh, so I guess that's encouraging. So maybe they were like, okay, or Grisham maybe was like, I don't need to risk an injury here. Just take me out. I, I'm good. I, I'm fine. I don't need any more at-bats. Maybe that's something. So hopefully there's nothing there. But I, I just thought it was weird that you travel to a road game and you only get two at-bats in. Usually you could just get those two at-bats on a backfield if you wanted to, you know. Uh, but Blake Snell will start the Padres' final spring training game tomorrow. And if we're going on the every fifth day schedule, he would start Saturday's game, Sunday's game. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three. Yeah. He would start Sunday's game. And that's the, so he, so if we're doing that, my gut feeling then is Snell goes game four after Darvish, Manaya, Musgrove. And then game five, Nick Martinez pitches. So that would be the series opener in San Francisco. That's my gut feeling. If we're going every fifth day, that probably would be how it goes. Chris Paddock is scheduled to pitch at least four innings as well. Snell expected to go three plus innings. So a piggyback situation there. Um, so if that's the, if that's what happens, you know, game four of the season, let's say, then you'll, and things go well, they won't have to use the bullpen until what the eighth inning. Uh, so hopefully that can go according to plan, but let's see if Blake Snell can, you know, finish on the right path. Obviously last outing, he didn't really adjust in that first inning. Uh, he was walk. He walked three guys that inning just didn't seem to adjust. Uh, so hopefully he worked on things with Ruben Niebla and he can, you know, bounce back. And go into Arizona, go into the regular season strong. Because obviously, as Padre fans, as a dire Padre fan myself, I know that if Blake Snell's on, that will definitely help this rotation and make this rotation a headache for opposing teams. All right. Uh, one commenter here, Chuckles Last Laugh, says, Tatis, Jake, Kim, and CJ all need to be in the starting lineup every day. Reminds me of when the Chargers had, okay, we're not talking about the Chargers here, but, here, uh, but yeah, Darren Sproles, LT, Turner, all of them at once, never used Turner and Sproles. I'm not going to talk about the Chargers because I hate them now, so I'm not even going to mention them uh, anymore. But I understand your point with Tatis, Jake, Kim, and CJ all playing. I think if Tatis, when Tatis is back, again, it depends on the Hosmer situation. I think that they'll still play Hosmer a little bit, and Kim would be a bench player and come off the bench when Tatis comes back and they'll have Jake at second. That's my gut reaction, but 
Again, Tatis coming back is a long ways away, so deals could happen. Hosmer could get dealt. Injuries could happen where that would obviously that, – that whole situation would obviously come into play and things would you know solve themselves out. All right. To end this night off very well, very funny, uh, let's get into Don Orsillo and Mark Grant's epic, hilarious ride that they went on today. Going, I think they were coming from San Diego to Peoria because they're broadcasting their last spring training game tomorrow, the 5th, April the 5th with Blake Snow on the mound. They'll be broadcasting their final spring training game tomorrow. Let's go over. They had a few videos, four videos that I wanted to play here with the audio that was absolutely hilarious, uh, their road trip. Don was, just to set this up, Don was driving, Mud was in the passenger seat, and they were having a ball. And Mud didn't seem safe at the beginning, they got through it. They got to Peoria fine and all well. He posted that. Uh, but Mud was joking around. Don was uh, riding pretty fast, it seemed like. Uh, and you'll see at the end here, they have an appearance of some toupees. It's not their bald heads anymore. So without further ado, here are the videos and you can free, feel free to comment what your thoughts are and laugh along with me. Hopefully you can hear the sound of this. I hope that you can hear the sound. I'll turn the volume up. Hopefully you can hear the sound of this. Here we go. Okay, so we're driving to spring training. Uh, it's uh, Donnie behind the wheel. Very questionable. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like really nervous. Broadcasters who drive together stay together, and I'm a really good driver. And we're going through the mountains right now. Really good driver. Uh, you know, on those curves where it says like 45 miles an hour. <laughs> 72. Hey, no, no. You know what I'm worried about is this holder here. Very confusing. We don't know which is which. Johnny's drink. I'm very nervous about this. Budley string. Very nervous. So hopefully I, I'm around I to know. make another video. <laughs> All right. So that was the first video. Okay. That was the first video. Now, here's the second video. This was funny because this video right here showed Don speeding past the truck on the right side of the highway here and he compared it to two man luge so here's this here's the audio here Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my God. All right, so there's that. They're absolutely dying on that video. Again, 
Don was speeding past that truck. Uh, yeah, Mud got, I think it's safe to say Mud got a little scared a little bit. Um, oh, you can't hear, Omar? You can't hear? I apologize. I'm sorry, I thought you could hear. Let me try. All right, now let's see if you can hear. Let me, I'll replay the video. Let's see if you can hear now. See, see, see here's what I'm dealing with. Look, look, we got trucks here. Donnie, what are you doing? Donnie going right by him. Formula One, here we go, baby! Yeah! <laughs> See it. Oh my gosh. Gotta go. Yeah. Look at this. It's like, the, five miles it's like the luge. It's like the Olympics. I love it. I can't cut it down. Ah! It's like the two. Oh, it was the video that wasn't moving? Hold on a second then. Man, I'm screwing this up. Hold on one second. All right. Let's play this one more time. Hopefully you can hear. Let me know if you can hear. <laughs> oh my god. Gotta go. Yeah. Look at this. It's like the five miles now. It's like the lose. It's like the Olympics. That's the first video. My goodness. So or that's the second video. So they're absolutely dying, you know, in this, in this car. Don is speeding past these trucks, comparing it to luge at the Olympics. They're just dying. Absolute fun. And here's this one where Don likes showing mud tailgating. All right, let's let's show this one here. Hold on one second. Let me load this up. All right, here is here's the next okay. one. See, here, here's here's another thing I'm dealing with. Uh, yeah, what? it's it's it's. it's, 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 it's <laughs> I have roughly 50 yards to make a decision. I can go left, I can go right, or you can go into the ditch. I want to show you a tailgate. Easy. Back seat. Oh, only 93 miles. Only 93 miles. Don wants to put him in the back seat. Oh. 
Have you had enough of me? Have you had enough of me? Oh, this is definitely not a mud free zone. Not a mud free zone. What is it? Not a mud free zone. Oh, my goodness. All right. So that's the next video. They're having absolute fun. My goodness. I uh, hope you're enjoying watching, reliving these videos. And if this is the first time you're watching them, again, Mud and Dawn, they went on their road trip back to Peoria to call their final spring training game, I think, from San Diego today together. And Dawn was driving, and so they had a blast on that drive. Here is the final one. This one was a great video I wanted to show you. Okay, so Mud is famously bald. This is not what the video ended up being at all. Enjoy. All right. We are on 85, heading north to the I-10, getting closer by the minute. And you know what? We've talked about this for a couple of years. Let's take a look at the Arizona landscape. And we want the fans to chime in how we mentioned about Having during the season. Two Pain Tuesday! Yeah! <laughs> oh my goodness. Look at Don. Oh my goodness. I have always wanted this. And that's mine. And I got this working. Kind of subtle. Oh my nice. Goodness. What do you think? Oh, that's the thing. I mean, like you, you can't tell. I mean, Don looks amazing. I don't Mine's a little more dry. Mine's slightly more dry. You know I made a change. You don't know what it is, but you know I made a change. Lifestyle change. So what do you think? Been a little longer. What do you think? A little longer. I mean, then he sticks his head out the window. First pitcher at home. We'll be back in line. I gotta get some wind. Starting pitcher. Get some wind. Do we not have the best broadcast duo in the world? Man, they are gems. They are absolute gems. Wow. They are absolute gems. All right. that's. I wanted to end the episode just like that. Yeah, Tupac's laughing. Yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted the episode end it just like that. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching to episode 143 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Hope you have a good night. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm scheduled to have a guest on. So this episode is brought to you by Gaglin Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs. Ben Fadden signing off. Have a good night. Stay safe, everyone. Go Padres.